Blog Talk Radio. with Pastor Steph. Good morning, rise and shine. You're on with this due time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you last week? Uh, last week we started off uh, shaking the Monday morning. Oh, shaking the Monday morning blues <laughs> with the due time crew. It's going to be an interesting morning. And uh, we started off with the story about the young lady who says that she went on a romantic getaway with a guy she just started dating and realized. In the middle of the trip That he was not into her Yeah She moved to Barcelona, Spain And um, met someone And decided to go on a trip And invited him Well, halfway through It had already started Yeah, her feeling like He just wasn't into her The whole trip when they went out for lunch she felt like he wasn't into her when they were uh eating at the restaurant she felt like he wasn't into her all the way throughout the trip on the way home she felt like come on say it with me he wasn't into her so ladies that means that uh, we need to make sure we uh, get ourselves together and don't take these type of trips or chances. Yes, because I still say that no matter what happened, she still ended up on the good side because she could have made a decision that ended her life. But God... Yep, but God. So, you know, not only women, but men. Men, we have to make sure that we make, you know, don't make the wrong decisions. And, you know, we've done stories of men who've met women and, you know, she's invited him over only to find out 
She set him up to be robbed, beaten up, and all kind of things. So, come on, come on, come on. Let's make sure we uh, we take the proper time to survey everything. Okay. All right. Well, we had our switch tip number one seventy four. Yep, it was the switch with Shantice on Monday morning. Stop aiming to be the goat, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Is that what you want or is that what God wants? Yeah. You know, sometimes we're pursuing things that is just not for us. So you got to make sure you're not the goat that's going to be left on the left. Yep, go back and listen to the switch tip. It'll make a whole lot more sense, okay? All right. Well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day rolled around, and we got to talking about the book of Clarence, the movie. Yeah, not so much the uh, the real book. Uh, it was a satire movie about the coming of the Messiah. Yeah, and uh, didn't get a whole lot of money. Yeah, they didn't make a whole lot of money despite the $40 million it took to actually make the movie. Mm-hmm. They didn't gross very much. Well, we got to talking, and we we think we've come up with possibilities of why it didn't make the money. And uh, pretty much because the agenda that you had is not the agenda for God's people. No. We're not supposed to use one another to make the dollars. And uh, that might be what Jay-Z was after, the money. Not after the message that uh, come to uh, find out there were some hidden gems up in that movie. Well, when you're only after the dollar, sometimes your gems will stay hidden. Mm, Really interesting conversation. And as always, Pastor Jeff did not fail us. As we got another gem of a story. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All righty. Well. Wow. Wednesday rolled around. And we got to talking to our girlfriend Vivian. And her socially conscious segment. And uh, she had some really interesting stories. Well, about a 32-year-old who was caught selling drugs. And uh, as he tried to get away from the cop, yeah, he got into like a little accident and was pronounced dead. Yeah, you got to go back and hear this crazy story. It was the wild story of the morning. And if when you hear it, you'll understand why it was a wild story. But uh, mm, we did get to talking about something else on Wednesday morning. And we got to talking about the idols in our life, mm-hmm, such as yourself. Woo! Now... When you make an idol out of yourself, 
you are really barking up the wrong tree. Because you might be able to get away from some other idols, but yourself, oh, you're going to have to work on that thing. Yeah, because wherever you go, you take you. So if you are the idol, you better hurry up and realize that you are not who you think you are. Ooh, wow. Yeah. We also talked about approval being an idol. And uh, another one that's real hard to get around because we need approval for everything. Everything we need approval for. So uh, you need to make sure that that does not take precedence to what God wants and what God says. Okay? Okay, okay. Well, Thursday wasn't so therapeutic as Pastor Steph was not feeling well, so we kind of skirted around having a show that morning. But Freestyle Friday did arrive, and we definitely got to talking with the men, and it was definitely a freestyle one. As we talked about the Ohio pastor who's been charged Yeah, for housing the homeless people. Now, what is this world coming to when a person, but especially a pastor, reaches out and tries to help people who are homeless, and he's met with all kinds of fines? Yes, Dad's Place. Mm. The tagline, a church that loves like family well they are not feeling dad's place in Ohio Mm-mm. they are coming up with all kinds of zoning violations by the city and the ordinances they claim that you know this church is, is breaking and you can't have people sleeping on the first floor and oh my 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 Is it that they're not doing their job and now someone is actually showing them up? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But you definitely want to go back and catch that conversation because that is definitely a good one to catch. All right? Well, that's how we spent our last week. Well, last night, Sunday night, the word prayer project was in effect and oh we did we I mean did we have a prayer and a conversation that was good Mm, our prayer was mm, to have a better understanding of God's will now if you go back into Several conversations last week. Oh, this definitely tops off all the conversations that took place last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what about the stop trying to be the goat? Uh, the idols. 
uh, what else did we talk about? Oh, the book of Clarence and how we put our money out there and we're not trying to, you know, give the proper message to God's people. I mean, just the whole entire week. Even the Ohio story, the story about the the pastor trying to house the homeless. Yeah, having a better understanding of God's will is essential when you need to make decisions. It's essential when you're trying to figure out what you need to do. It's essential when people actually suggest things to you. I mean, you have people suggesting all kinds of things that they're not even willing even willing to do for their own life, but they are telling you to do it. Yeah. And it may not be what God wants. And that's how we go back to the idols. You being an idol. Approval being an idol. Because you've lost sight of God's will. And not just God's will, period, but God's will for your life. So, listen, I encourage you to make sure you stay before God. So, you know, you don't end up being all over the place. You know, some people say they don't know their purpose. Some people don't know if what they're doing is their purpose. Remember years ago, people used to say, I'm trying to find myself. Well, I guess they didn't do that one out the window. And now their purpose, the purpose thing is now, you know, kind of replaced that. But, you know, this here, if you pray and you stay in front of God, before God, at the feet of God, I, I don't care how you do it, you're going to understand God's will for your life. Yeah, because what kind of God has kept you here for his glory but doesn't want you to understand why you're here or what it is that you're supposed to do? That wouldn't even make sense. Doesn't the Bible tell us that the God is not a God of confusion? Mm, mm. It sure does So, you know, even if you look at the word of God The written word of God It automatically lets you know that there is a will for your life We are fearfully and wonderfully made What my journey is, is not your journey What the next person's journey is, is not your journey And, uh that's something that if we pray enough, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. It was good. It was good. You know, the prayer uh, um, requests weren't long last night, but they were powerful. Yes, they were very powerful. So if you missed it, just go back. See, that's the best part about Anything that Pastor Steph does, you can always go back and listen. And with the prayer, if you miss the prayer, you can always go back and play the prayer and be just as blessed as we were as when the prayer was live. Your prayer never is outdated. Man, don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. We always have a good time in the prayer room. Mm-hmm. So go back and listen. 
go back and listen. And again, all you have to do is type in the word prayer project. And you'll see all the topics that we've ever prayed about. And like I said, just type it in your search engine. I don't care which search engine you use. Just type in the word prayer project and you'll see every single prayer that we've ever had. And I think we're up to maybe 50-something prayers. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how many prayers we've had so I can help you out. Okay? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Hmm. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I just want you to know that God has something for you. Sixty-five prayer in prayers in our arsenal. Yeah, sixty-five. So there's no reason why there is something that you're experiencing that. We've prayed about that you can get help with because, you know, for those of you who have not um, been in the prayer room, we converse. Yeah, we converse. We converse. Yeah, you know, the chat room is going on and, you know, I get some feedback and people are typing stuff in and you can get to read and see and, you know, be blessed. Not just with Pastor Steph talking, but with your prayer partners. Ooh, you didn't know you had a prayer partner, did you? Oh, yes. Yes, God will never leave you nor forsake you. You are never alone. Nope. And I'm sure that some prayer request has come out that is similar to maybe something that is on your mind or on your heart. So give it a try. Give it a try. Give it a try. It's nothing better than prayer. Nothing better than prayer. Okay. Alrighty, today is uh, Shaking the Monday Morning Blues all over again. This is our final Monday in the month of January 2024. We didn't been through a month already. Time is flying by, y'all. Time is flying by. So we're going to get this party started. Yeah, we're going to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell someone that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. You're listening to WPSU's Health Minute, a collaboration with Penn State's College of Nursing. Glaucoma is a group of eye diseases that causes increased eye pressure, which can result in damage to the optic nerve, vision loss, and even blindness. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says anyone can get glaucoma, but the risk is higher for people with a family history of the disease, African Americans over the age of 40, and people over 60. Changes in eye pressure due to glaucoma can happen slowly over time, and there may be no symptoms. There's currently no cure for the disease, But early detection and medical treatment can help increase your chances of avoiding permanent vision loss. For more information, contact your eye care specialist and visit the CDC website at cdc.gov. Join us next week for WPSU's Health Minute. For more episodes, visit wpsu.org slash healthminute. I'm Shereen Stanford, WPSU.
Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to his due time with Pastor Steph, and we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Yep, yep, yep. Giving God thanks for just being here and just bringing us safely through the weekend. And if we're on, we're good. Because if not, we'd be sitting up in the hospital somewhere or, you know, too sick to get on. And so we have a lot to give God thanks for. Right? Right. Well, let's get this health tip going. Let's get this health tip. Now, someone sent me this, as Vivian says. This is a listener-submitted uh, <laughs> health tip. And I'm sure my children would be real happy to know that someone sent me foods you should never risk eating after their expiration dates. <laughs> Woo-wee. They're probably in the background cheering. Shantis is probably cheering like, yes, 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 and yes. Yeah, yeah. There are things that they are recommending that we do not eat or drink after its expiration date. Well, number one is milk. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So they say dairy products, period, is uh, a gamble as milk can harbor bacteria like E. coli, salmonella, and listeria. And they say that can rapidly happen after the expiration date. So these bacteria, they say, can cause severe gastrointestinal issues such as cramping, diarrhea, fever, and sometimes more serious um, symptoms, and I have to tell y'all this: we were having a problem with our milk spoiling, and we would have to take it out of the carton and put it into a glass jar because it seemed like the plastic was—it just wasn't like. And I mean, this is before the expiration date. We weren't even making it to the expiration date, and we couldn't figure it out because everything else in the refrigerator was okay. Well, I think it was something that I read here on one of our health tips. I don't know why I'm remembering that, but I have to share this with you because maybe this is happening to you. They said, push your milk to the back of the refrigerator because in the front of the refrigerator, it's not getting the temperature the way it needs to because of the constant opening and closing of the refrigerator. And I have to tell you, bing, we have not had any milk go bad on us ever since that. So I do practice what I give you all, all right? So keep that in mind. Number two, yogurt. They say it's the same thing as with the milk. They say whether it's homemade, I know people were making yogurt, or store-bought, they say that mm, harmful bacteria can set in, and they say it's because yogurt has live probiotics, and it carries a high moisture content, all right? 
So it's the same possibility of diarrhea, abdominal cramps, and nausea. Soft cheeses. Ah, all right. So they say like feta cheese or brie can develop harmful bacteria. Again, they talked about that from the beginning, you know, um, they can that listeria can be found in expired soft cheeses and can be extremely dangerous for pregnant women. Or check this out. It can be extremely harmful to people suffering from autoimmune illnesses like rheumatoid arthritis and celiac disease. Wow. Wow. Mm. All right. I don't eat brie cheese. I don't even... Just never appealed to me. <laughs> deli meats. Mm-hmm. They say deli meats, cold cuts, are susceptible to listeria. And they say that the bacteria will thrive in the refrigerated, refrigerated, excuse me, refrigerator. They say eating deli meat past the expiration date can cause infections, especially in immunocompromised individual. Now, I guess that's what we just got finished talking about, you know. Uh, those who have their autoimmune diseases, yeah. So they say, as a general rule of thumb, deli meats need to be consumed within three to five days of opening and up to two weeks for unopened packages. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Yes, boar's head. Don't eat it, um, what do you call that, turkey past, past the week. It is slimy, smelly, yeah, throw it in the garbage. So I definitely know about this. Yeah, you can't, you cannot hold deli meat. At boar's head, yes. You know, everybody talk about, you know, the other stuff. But, mm, mm, mm. All right, let's see, I got a, I got a ding, which means somebody's chiming in. Let's see. Yep, somebody else is co-signing deli meat spoil quickly. All right. Oh, here's another one. Fresh meat and poultry. All right. Fresh meat like ground meat, chicken and turkey. We all know they have gotten quite a few recalls for salmonella and E. coli. So they say you got to make sure you get rid of chicken, turkey, and those type of products. Oh, once the um, expiration date comes in, okay? Seafood. They say especially shellfish and salmon. We ain't got to be eating shellfish. Do your homework, and you'll see why. Oh, they say that can contain harmful bacteria and viruses. Ooh, if you consume them past their expiration date, they say that definitely you can experience a bout of food poisoning, including vomiting, cramping, and diarrhea. They say if you notice that your seafood smells fishy, sour, 
or ammonia-like, throw it out right away. Alrighty. Alrighty. Eggs. They say expired eggs risk being contaminated with salmonella, both on the shell and inside the egg, which both can make you sick. They say if you're wondering if they're still safe to eat, they say you can do the float test to evaluate. Fresh eggs will sink and lay flat on their sides. Okay. Eggs that have gone bad will start to float due to the enlargement of the air cell inside the shell, and those should be tossed. All right, prepared salads. Now, they're talking about ones that contain tuna, eggs, sliced chicken. They say those salads are definitely uh, bacteria uh, breeding uh, salads. They say they can, uh, let's see, mayonnaise and ranch dressing. And they say that can make them even more susceptible to bacteria growth, especially when they're stored improperly or kept at room temperature for extended periods. Well, listen, if you have ever had some lettuce, man, you ain't got a question whether that lettuce is bad. Fruit and vegetable juices. Yeah. They're saying because many fresh vegetable or fruit juices, like freshly squeezed orange juice, are made without use of preservatives, they can quickly spoil and become unsafe to drink. They say consuming expired vegetable or fruit juices can lead to foodborne illnesses with symptoms such as vomiting, diarrhea, and abdominal pain. Sushi, I'm not even going through it. It's raw fish. I'm, I'm not even wasting my minutes on that one. All right, just don't. Don't do it. Don't do it and don't do it. All right. <sighs> Sprouts and microgreens. Now, I would like to see this one because I don't know what that is. Okay, alfalfa, arugula, or bean sprouts. They say are often eaten raw, and they are high, have a higher risk for bacterial contamination. All right? So don't eat it raw, and don't eat it past the expiration period. Okay? What else? Cooked leftovers. <laughs> Boy, we all need to be rolling around. Uh, they say three to four days. Um, certain foods cannot last that long. And listeria is one of the culprits. And make sure it's refrigerated for the duration of time that it needs to. They say make sure that you reheat your food properly. All righty. All righty. Cream-based products, all right? They say 
heavy whipping cream, sour cream, and cream cheese can become contaminated with bacteria and spoil quickly. If they develop a strong odor, strong taste, or become chunky or separate, toss them out. All right. Well, I got to tell you, sour cream, whipping cream, it ain't go, you ain't going to be eating that past the expiration date because it will smell on you. Yeah, it smells badly. You don't even have, Once you open it up, you don't even have to look at the date, the smell alone. All righty. So that is the list of stuff. So as we were going through it, I was taking a mental note. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. All righty. What are we talking about in today's news? Well, I saw this one last week, and I did not. I think it was around the Thursday time I saw it, so I did not um, uh, get a chance to talk to you all about this particular story. So I'm going to save that one a little bit because I want to make sure don't you know we can maybe catch another crew member or two. But in the interim of that, okay, so remember we've been talking about this 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 uh prostitution thing out here in Queens. And they had a huge, huge bust. As a matter of fact, your mayor, Eric Adams, was on the hunt for the Queen's brothels. Yeah. They were shutting them down for inhumane conditions. Okay? (laughs) But there's another reason why I'm telling you this story. Because, I mean, to me, that wasn't a huge deal. But when I, I read it, I was like, oh, we got to talk about this one. Okay, so they said that they had been hearing about this string of brothels out here in Queens. And they caught 12 commercial locations posing as massage parlors on Roosevelt Avenue. And they shut them down. And they said that due to allegations of illegal prostitution activity. So, they had some undercovers go up in there. And these people were offered some sexual acts in exchange for a fee. So, between January 18th and last week, Thursday, they've been casing out these joints. And they ended up executing several orders for these particular locations and shut them down. And Mayor Eric Adams says, well, it's clear what they've been doing, what's been taking taking place. And it's bringing down the quality of life in the community. And the people have been complaining about it. You know that because we've been talking about this ever since last year. So they have this picture of Mayor Adams posting this closed, and I'm trying to see, oh, by court order. 
sign on the doors and windows of these particular locations. So they said that some of the conditions included a long row of filthy beds within the brothel. They're calling them brothels. And they they only were separated by curtains. Okay. So he says it's been um, over a year now. The community has been complaining. And people were frustrated. So they decided to make sure they did something about it. Now, here's why I'm telling you this story. Now, I love to get the feedback for our due time crew members. They say no arrests were made. Nope. No arrests were made during the series of shutdowns because we don't want to lock up. I quote, I quote, unquote, we don't want to lock up the women that work here. Hmm. We want to get them help. Our job as the police department is to help them, is to help give them the services that they need so that they don't have to do this. There are other types of work here in New York City. Well, I'm sorry. Did the... Did the 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 uh, specifications of what a of what the police department does change since when has this been an issue? So you mean to tell me all this time y'all been locking up people for the prostitution in these brothels? You've been doing this wrong. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. When I read this, I was like, what? Yeah. Yep. So now they're not arresting anybody. They're going to try to get these people jobs. I would love to know how y'all feel about this. Please send me, hit me up, let me know. Yay or nay, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, something. Let me know what you think because I'm sorry. I, I'm no. No, and 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 I, and I get it. I get it. You know, are you going to load up Rikers? Because that's where they're going to end up. Are you going to load up Rikers with the prostitutes from the brothels? Well, here's my thing. I'm not saying that these people can't be trained, and maybe that's your that that's where you are falling short of. Get these people some training. Get these people some education. You got billions of dollars. Get it done. Teach them how to read. There are people who are prostituting, I'm sure, that they don't want to do that. You know, but again, it's kind of falling back to what you know best because that's what they were doing when they were over in their country probably. So now they come over here. They can't get a job because they're not legal. Because if you, listen, all the jobs, there are jobs out here. Now, whether you at a, 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 what do you call that thing, the, the restaurant thing. Oh, my goodness. Fast food. Fast food restaurant, whether you're doing whatever, you can get a job. So, hello. So, please let me know what you think. I am dying to know. Let me see if I've gotten some, some feedback. 
Okay. Uh, nope. Nobody's responded yet. But I'd really like to know. So I guess I'll have to wait to get my due time crew's opinion. Because that to me was nonsense. That was straight nonsense. All right. What else are we talking about? Mm, well, they have this huge initiative that they are pushing now. And I don't know if I want to call it an initiative or what, but now the council people are getting up. Somebody said thumbs down. All right. Thank you so much. All right. So the council woman is getting involved, and now you have some local council people who are now getting involved. Little Benjamin. And you may have heard about this, but I'm sure it's not the first time, unfortunately. Little Benjamin, I'm trying to see how old he was, 11 months old. He had, there was an accident with a faulty radiator out in Brooklyn. And hmm, they say that there was a cap that was missing. And when the radiator uh uh, poured steam into the bedroom where he was sleeping. It ended up causing him, um, it took his life, pretty much. And now the father's making all kinds of noise, as he should, and they are now pushing that these landlords fix these radiators so that it doesn't happen to anyone else. Now, my question is, did did he know about the radiator? Now, they're, they're not saying in this article that there were complaints about the radiator. And this is a... This is a foreign family. I'm trying to see. He... This... Well... Yeah, this is a foreign family. And they're... 37 and 27. The husband is 36. The wife is 27. And this happened in Manhattan on East 14th Street. And they say that he suffered severe burns. He was pronounced dead at the hospital, 11-month-old Benjamin. And they're saying that this particular landlord... They found him with six violations, including failure to maintain the building's radiator, they say, which could carry up to $62,500 in penalties. Now, here's what happens. They move these um, foreign people in, and they don't do anything with the building. So I'm wondering, like I said, it still doesn't say that they've made they were complaining about the radiator. So whether they complained or not, they're saying that he was supposed to make sure that these radiators were maintained. Why are we talking about this today? Because please make sure that you don't have issues like this in your apartment. Okay? Now, City Councilwoman Farah Lewis she wants to get this 
legislation passed so that other people don't have this occurrence. But, you know, make sure, make sure that you um, you get your radiators checked out. Make sure your landlord does what he or she is supposed to do. Okay? Because this here, it could have been avoided. Could have been avoided. All righty. All righty. Now, let's see. Oh, so we've got a comment from a listener. Someone says, I agree. If they're going back to the, I guess, the sex traffickers. I agree if there is no consequence or training, only a move to a different job position, they'll probably revert back to their old ways. Imagine the money they were possibly making prostituting, and now you want them to go to $15 an hour and be okay with it? Nah. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. We appreciate you. You know, so that's a, th- a thumbs down, y'all. That's a thumbs down. That's a thumbs down. All right. All right. So I got a minute or two to get these last couple of stories out. Hmm. Let me see. What are we talking about here? All right. Oh, this is a good one. And I want to hear what you got to say about this. This is Opinion Monday because everybody's suing. So check this out. So you've got this woman who was visiting someone in the, I want to get this, I want to get this right, in Farragut. I hope I'm saying it right. In the Farragut Houses. Out in Brooklyn, okay, in NYCHA. So she was there in the morning waiting for an elevator to go visit someone. And someone came in the building and stabbed her 14 times in the head, the heart, the lungs, the arms, the leg, and the buttocks, okay, while she was in the lobby waiting for the elevator. So... Thank God she actually survived, 26 years old, medical technician and mother of a young child. She, They said she lost nearly half the blood in her body, and she was clinging to life when they found her. She underwent emergency heart and lung surgeries, spent more than a week in New York, um, in a New York Presbyterian hospital, in the intensive care unit, and she's still suffering from severe physical and psychological trauma from the incident. She still cannot work, and she has a lawsuit. Now, the lawsuit is against NYCHA because they're saying had NYCHA locked that building up, had the doors not been left open, or when they checked and they found that there were broken and faulty locks, that the person could not have gotten in the building while she was there waiting for the elevator and attempted to murder her. And they said they did a survey of all the buildings, 
in that development. And I'm trying to see. I think they said none of those, um, none of those buildings had locks on the door. So they say eight of ten, eight of ten in that development alone did not have any locks on their doors. Now they're saying they went throughout NYCHA period, and they said. Forty percent of their 262 buildings did not have the proper locks on the door. So that's like big time, big time failure. So they, and I mean, they did a survey. They even have a chart. (laughs) They have a chart and they were doing... Um, a survey on the frames of the windows, the hinges, window damage. Oh, they went all out. So do you think that NYCHA should be held uh, responsible and accountable, you know, for not, you know, not this woman having these injuries and almost losing her life? So that that's the question. Now, my story that I said I was holding off this morning. So I saw this one last week and it got past me, but when I saw it again last night, I did not want to pass this one up. So there's this man, this man on the other side of the fence and his husband. They're married. They went on black TikTok. <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. So here's the deal. They ended up adopting an African-American baby. And one of the dads went on TikTok and said, we have adopted a black baby. Her name is Zoe, and I don't know what to do for her hair. Please, Any black parents or anyone who knows what to do with black children's hair, please help me in the comments. And they said that TikTok went off. (laughs) Now, I have to tell you why they went off. Uh, And I have to tell you what they said. So I'm going to hold those responses, and I'm going to hear what the Due Time crew has to say. So let's say good morning to the Due Time crew. And let's start with our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday morning. Good morning to you. How are you today? I am well, thank you. How are you? I am doing just fine. Thank you. That's good. That's good. All right, girl, we got stuff to talk about. Let's see what we starting with. All right. Now, we've got a bust of 12 brothels, and they say that the conditions were nasty, inhumane conditions. They say that they are now taking a stand and getting rid of these um, commercial fronts that are really a haven for prostitution activity. 
but they did not arrest any of the workers because, let me read, I want to make sure I quote this, I want to make sure I quote this properly. They say, we, we don't want to lock up the women that work here. We want to get them help. Our job as the police department is to help them get is to help give them the services that they need so they don't have to do this. There are other types of work here in New York City besides this. What say you? I'm really concerned. Um, you know, this this is how we, we end up, you know, I, I'm hoping that they really are benefiting the women, meaning giving them what they need, the schooling, the training, the access to whatever, or, you know, because we don't see a lot, you know, we publish, there's certain things that are published, but there's a lot that we don't see and that we don't know about that thing, you know, are you creating a new prostitution ring for, you know, police officers or, you know, it just, I mean, the sad part about it is, the things that you never phantom, now you have to phantom. You have to be concerned, you know. And so, uh, just uh, this whole thing is just so crazy. And, I mean, the amount of 12 different brothels. I mean, who thinks of that? Who phantoms, you know? guess you go back to the, you know, the largest booming business, which is horrible, but unfortunately true. Mm, all right, all right, all right. Okay. We've got, uh, uh, uh. wait, hold on now. Now, what about the young lady who was um, stabbed those 14 times, 16 times in the building with no locked door? Do you think that NYCHA should be held responsible 14 times she was stabbed? Because a career criminal <laughs> got in the building because it wasn't locked and tried to murder her. Should they be held responsible? Absolutely. You know, I, I had, I, I mentioned, um, actually, just a couple of weeks back where I was moving into an apartment and that was literally what happened. I lived on the front door on the first floor and my emergency exit door, you could just walk in at any time. You know, and yeah, definitely the, you know, NYCHA should be held 100% responsible for everything, you know, and I'm just glad that she didn't die. But I mean, you know, we look at things like that and we say, well, enough people haven't died yet. Doesn't matter. The fact that her life, you know, that this individual even got in, that's your fault, not hers. All righty. All righty. And we've got baby Zoe's daddy. Please, any black parents or anyone who knows what to do with black children's hair, please help me in the comments. What do you think about this petition? <laughs> I'm so agitated with that, you know. You know, there are things that this child is going to have to go through anyway, period, you know, and so stay in your lane, you know, that's just the way that I feel, stay in your lane, you know, my thing is don't go dealing with something that you don't know how to deal with, you know, um, 
And I'm not giving you tips on how to do it because my thing is, you know, if you don't have access and you don't know, you won't know. Not for me, you know. I, I mean, because my thing is I've often talked about black hair. You know, we as women in general, as African Americans, we have a we have to learn our own cycle. Now you talking about me teaching you how to no. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure somebody will be kind enough, but it won't be me. You know, um I, I'm just <laughs> agitated, you know, just uh <laughs> like I wanna hang you right now because it's like, oh well, even if I told you how to do it, you still wouldn't figure it out. That's a process, you know, and we all have and just because I say uh, let's just, you know, I give you an item and I say, use this, you know, then it it may not work for her hair. Each one of us as black women have different types of layers of hair and different, you know, styles and things that work for me may not necessarily work for somebody else. All of that just brings extra agitation and frustration to my mind, my heart, everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got something that I'm going to tell you when all of you have commented because it, it really just blew my mind after after that. Uh, I, you know, I, I spotted something. All right. Thank you so much, our dear Tamika, for joining us this morning. Let's talk to your brothers. Let's see what they have to say. Let's talk to Brother Al. Good morning, Brother Al. Chop, chop of the morning. Chop, chop. Oh, no morning. Oh, yeah. Brother Al, Brother Al, we've got some conversing to do here. All right, so let's start with the brothels. So they bust these 12 brothels, but they don't arrest any of the workers. Now, I have a comment before you speak. Comment is, where is the help for the American prostitutes in this effort uh, that you're putting into addressing, are you, I guess, are you addressing human trafficking? So they're not arresting anybody. I guess they said there are other jobs out here, and I guess they're going to help them find jobs. What do you think about this? Uh, you know, I, I agree with that. It's so funny whoever uh, the listener that said that because I was going to say the same thing. I'm all for um, helping people, but help home, and that's one of my biggest problems with America. We're so quick to help everybody else except our own, you know, because I do agree that they need, they need, they need help, you know what I mean, because if they're prostituting and you put them in prison, when they get out, they're going to continue to prostitute. So all you did was just take them off the street for a while. So they do need to, you know, have some type of help, some type of counseling. But take care of home, too. You know, don't just do that. So that, that just bothers me right there. All righty. Uh, we're talking about NYCHA. It's, and we grew up in, in the project. Should they be responsible for paying this lawsuit for this young lady who was stabbed because y'all did not have the doors locked? Absolutely. You know, um, again, that's the project. They don't care about us. You know, I mean, I, I lived in the project for 20 years. So they, they, they don't care. They, you know, the doors, they have doors. You see the nice doors that lock and everything. But then what they do, they don't, they don't um, unfix them. So, you know, they, they should. You know, that, that young lady, you know, thank God she didn't die. But, you know, they brought her in there and, 
I mean, she got in there with mine have been waiting on the elevator. And then, boom, you know, that's that's crazy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They definitely right. should be held accountable. Okay. All righty. I remember, uh, Brother Al, either the doors were broken or they held them open with a brick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember them days. I remember them days. <laughs> They also prop them open with a brick, y'all. All right. Yeah, I grew yeah. up in, in the housing uh, development as well. So, uh, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's how they got it done. All it's right. The to, it's always the way to get in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And it was more than likely left open. Brother Al, you have this dad who adopts this baby. And uh, he wants to know how to comb and do the baby's hair. So he reaches out to TikTok. What do you think? Mm-mm-mm. He said it's a oh, lovely flower. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's a oh, lovely for that. Like, why did you adopt this, this, this black child if you don't know what to do? So now what you just did, we just tell everybody, hey, um, I, I just got got this kid just to get some acknowledgement, and so I people are mad behind that. I I'm even mad behind that for you to even go online and and, and ask people that. I mean, I, I'm just trying to figure what were you thinking? What kind of response did you think he was going to get? And, uh, oh, I can just imagine. I mean, I would love to read the responses for real. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'll give you some of them when they finish. I just want to see if your, <laughs> the due time crew kind of mirrors what, you know, and we have some feedback from our listeners, and they're kind of saying what you all have said. Why adopt when that was not in your lane? All right, thank you for joining us this morning, Brother Al. Good to oh, have yeah. you on a Monday. And, uh, hey, like, look, Pastor, you notice you notice you don't hear any kids. Yes, have, I uh, do. Today, yes. Yeah, today is today is professional development day, so they actually got us working from home. I'm not a teacher, so y'all just gave me a free day. I'm online with them, ignoring everything they're saying, but nice and quiet. I love it. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Yes, I did remember. I heard something about some professional day or something like that. So I, I was glad to, that you would be on with us today. Good to have you on. Um, let's say good morning to Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning. Good morning. We don't have no professional day. I got to come to work. Professional. Oh, all right. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. But um, let's talk about this 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 news here up in New York. They are going buck wild. So, do you agree with the fact that they closed the brothels down, but they did not arrest any of the workers because they said that you know they're not here to hurt them. They're actually here to help them, and they want to find them jobs. Well, I, 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 hate to, I hate to sound like this, but I, I don't really believe that. I believe that the chief or the commissioner is a client. And he don't want to put the madam in jail, you know, because he might need them 
when Mark Kettle act up at home. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that he tried to keep them on reserve. Wow. Wow. Interesting thought, Pastor KL. Interesting thought. All righty. What about the the uh, responsibility of NYCHA when the woman got stabbed 14 times? She's suing. Do you think she should hold NYCHA responsible for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they, they dropped the ball in so many different ways. Um, the, the building definitely wasn't secure. You know, everyone had access to it. You know, not now these days, you know, from where I see, you know, you got to be buzzed in. Or you're supposed to be buzzed in or announced in. You know, now you just walk through the door and, hey, I'm here. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty bad. All right, hands down, the listeners and the due time crew are voting the same way, pretty much, for the first two stories. And let's see what you say about the two dads that adopted the infant on our side of the fence and reaches out to TikTok for help in regards to combing her hair. Do you think well, that was like well, well, first of all, let me say this. I didn't know there was a black and or a white TikTok. I thought TikTok was just TikTok. I, I, I didn't know it, it was. It, it, oh, okay. okay. It is. Okay, okay. It is. The reason um, why they are calling it black TikTok is because he specifically said the black. You know, he, he utilized that mm. terminology. Please, any black parents or anyone who knows what to do with black children's hair, please help me. So I, that's what made them say it's black TikTok. I, I, I thought that in so many different ways and avenues, they were just selfish. They were really, really selfish with this whole thing. Um, first of all, you're, you're a gay couple, you know, and... You know that that's a whole other thing to put your child through, first of all. And now you're 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 a gay white couple trying to get a black child like 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 you've rescued us, you know. And you never thought this thing through. You you never thought that if you got a a, a black female child that you would have to do here. You never thought this thing through. So you you just wanted to be the hero, if you will, and 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 <laughs> you don't know how to save nobody. You can't save yourself. Mm. Well, I want all of you to know that this is an infant. In not only how much hair does she have, Pastor Kale, but her hair is not bad. She's an infant. She didn't come here with bad hair. So already, already, already. Oh, my goodness. Wait, hold on. Wait, I want to make sure I'm reading this right. Uh, mm -mm -mm. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting some hits here. Uh, A hat goes on an infant, and they fail before they even started, and I agree 100%. This is an infant. You should see him holding the infant. Her hair is straight, like any other infant's hair. So already, in my opinion, you're starting off wrong, I agree, because it sounds like you're prejudiced. 
I need to know how to comb. Uh, 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 please, if you're black, help me comb the hair. All you're doing is brushing your hair right now. That's all you're doing. So, listen, my thing is, if she's an infant and you don't know how to do her hair, what are you going to do with the rest of her as she grows up? What are you going to, how are you going to handle raising this child when you can't figure out how to brush her hair and she's an infant? Ooh, baby, I'm telling you, this this here, this is not good. This is not good. All righty. I have a story for y'all, and it's not a long story, and I'm sure we got about a whole hour left almost, well, we got minus the switch tip time, but this may not take the whole time, so I'll leave it on the table if y'all want to talk about some other relationship, have some other relationship conversation, but this here... I, I was like, wow, and I really wanted to know what you all thought. So please, listeners, listen in, chime in with the Due Time crew. So there's a woman who married a man when they were young. Now, they were 21 years old. Now, they were childhood sweethearts. They met in Texas when she was 16 and he was 15. So they fell in love, they stayed, you know, together. And when they were married, a few years into the marriage, he, the husband, was T-boned, they say, by a moving truck. And what ended up happening was he ended up with a traumatic brain injury. So she she stayed with him. There was no problem with that. She stayed with him for, for quite a few years. But then after a while, when she realized that, you know, she wanted more, she wanted a family, she wanted to have a relationship, she opted to divorce him and to become his caretaker. So she also changed her career to become a speech pathologist in order to help him before they before she ended up divorcing him. So she ended up divorcing him and she in court she told the judge that she would make sure she took care of him for the rest of his life. So the judge didn't really initially believe her. But decided, you know, he they, there was no other family, so go ahead, and she would give um, her a chance at this. So sure enough, she got divorced. They were get, she was granted the divorce, and she was taking care of him. She ended up meeting someone else, and she got married. And now, the husband who has a child, the new husband who has a child from a previous relationship, they are all living together, and he helps her take care of the, of the ex-husband, including 
their two new children and the son of the um of the new husband now they, they he's in a home but they go get him all the time so he's in the home all the time she said that when they were dating she took they they took him to church with them and she said she went to the bathroom she came out she saw her new husband had his arm around the old husband and for her that sealed the deal that they that's what caused her to get married because she saw that the new husband could love the old husband the same way you know and to take care of him the same way that she would take care of him and now every so often they have to go before the judge to show that they are still taking care of him and she made the commitment to this uh, ex-husband and she told the court she would take care of him for the rest of his life and now along with the family she's able to do this she says he's loved a hundred percent by the new husband he's loved a hundred percent by the, the the stepson as well as her children and when they go to court they give pictures of the family taking picture um taking pictures like a family portrait together he's in the family portrait because he's very much a part of the family they um he feeds the the new husband is, is uh, shown feeding the old husband he says that as far as he's concerned that the old, the ex-husband is a brother like a brother to him and he's made the same commitment to take care of him for the rest of his life. And I want to know what you think. Brother Al, would this be you? Could this be you? Man, that, that that's a deep story there. I'm listening. I'm like, wow. Um, now, when you say could that be me as far as being the new husband? Yeah. Cause, I mean, because you, if you're the old husband, you ain't got nothing but sitting up in a chair. So, yeah, could Man. you be this new husband who walks into the situation and loves the ex-husband as much as your, your you know, the new woman in your life does? And, again, they have him feeding him. He takes care of him. Yeah, would that could that be you? Man, you know, if I'm knowing the situation and knowing how God loves us, and I get into the situation, yeah, I, I, you know, um, it, that, at least he knew. I would say at least he knew what he was getting into when he met this young lady. So if I notice what I'm getting into, you know, hey, I would have to show that God love. You know, God wants us to take care of each other. So, yes, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Pastor KL, could this be you? Yeah. Would this be you? I, I'm not going to get all holy and deep like Brother Al. You know, <laughs> I, 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 believe, I believe in God's love, too. However, 
I have not reached that point yet. We would not be kumbaya in the house altogether. My my family, your family, no, no. no. I'm just not in it that I'm not in it for the long haul. I, I don't love you that much. Listen, I just met you. And this is what you got going on, and this is your promise. Hey, I ain't mad at you. I'm going to have to go somewhere else. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's funny because I'm coming back to you, Pastor Kale. But I wanted to ask Brother Al, you know, you said yes. You know, you would show God's love, you know, by joining, you know, joining this uh, arrangement. What are some of the challenges you think you'd have? You would be able to just do this and there would be no challenges, or I anticipate these challenges. What are some of the challenges you think you would anticipate? Yeah, definitely there would be challenges. Um, I said that because, again, if I get into this, I know what I'm getting into. So that means I agree with it. You know, if you don't agree with it, then you shouldn't, you know, definitely get involved with it. But I'm quite sure there's a, a lot of challenges. You know, I think one of the challenges is, I think it would be the time of me and her spending together because it seemed like that time is more so spending taking care taking care of him, you know, and then getting to know somebody that you don't know or taking care of somebody you don't know. So I'm quite sure, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of challenges. But again, if that's what you signed up for, then that's what's expected. Pastor Kale, is that one of the challenges that you considered? You know, hey, they're not, you know, the time that you spend with, you could be spending with her, you're actually spending taking care of this man. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not considering nothing. I mean, I'm not considering the time they spend, the time I spend. It's just not, that's not going to be something that I think about. Or I consider about that, that. That's not gonna. It's just not gonna happen. E, I, I don't know. E, even if if my ex-wife are best friends and she needs some place to live, and I'm married again, you can't come stay with me. I, I, it, it just leaves too much open for problems. You know, you you go in there with the right intentions, but down the line, it, it just opens too many avenues up. For situations. Okay, okay, okay. What about the children? You know, I, I, I want to ask the both of you. You know, not only are the girls, because they have two girls, not only are the girls, and I'm, I'm thinking they're like five and seven or something to that effect. So they, they're little girls, you know, so they, they have joined in to help take care of this, um, ex um husband and um they call I think they call him Uncle Uncle Brandon. I think that's what they I think that's what they said, that they call him Uncle. And not only them but his the new husband's son is on board with all of this. What do you think about the children? Now he's fourteen they are four and five, the little girls. What do you think about the kids, Brother Al? What do you think this would do for the children? Well, one of the things I think it would help the kids understand about 
helping people. You know, seeing your parent like like you know putting things to the side and helping somebody that's in need. So I think it shows them, you know, how to love people, how to help people. Okay, okay. And I'm quite, I'm quite sure they may go through some things as well, but I think that that helped, you know, show them how to help and love people. Okay, okay. Let me see if I can grab Lady Tamika here real quick. Did you hear the the uh, the scenario, Lady Tamika? I'm sorry, I did not. Okay, okay. I'm gonna try to give it to you real quick. So you have this 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 woman who was married very young. They were childhood sweethearts, and they they grew to be in love. They stayed in love. They got married very early. A few years into the marriage, there was a bad car accident, and he ended up with a traumatic brain injury. So she stuck it out, and she made the commitment to take care of him, but she wanted to have a, a quote-unquote a life. So she got remarried. Um, oh, she was dating, and she showed this, this new potential boyfriend, husband, whoever, that she was, you know, into this relationship, you know, with caring for the ex-husband with the traumatic brain injury. So she said she they took him to church, and she came out from the bathroom, and she saw that he was, you know, had his arm around the ex-husband. The new, the new boyfriend had the arm around the ex-husband, and she knew at that point this was the this was the husband. They've gotten married. They've had they have children. He has a child from an old relationship, and they are one big happy family. They all take care of the ex-husband. And they go to court periodically and show that they are one big happy family, that they have made the commitment to take care of him for the rest of his life or their life, whichever one comes first. And I was asking, do you could you see yourself in that position where your uh, brother Al's ex or your husband's ex, you know, would now have this commitment when you met him and you just jumped on board? Ooh, that is a big, huge thing, you know, when, when, and, and, you know, I'm looking at it from life aspect. When you say I do, you actually don't know what you'll come in contact with. But my thing is, you know, you said I do. Now, let me make sure I understand. The first person is her husband, and now she's marrying somebody else. I'm understanding that, right? Right. She did get a divorce. She got a divorce. And she was free to date. And when she was dating, I guess she was telling people that this was a scenario. And this particular gentleman was okay with it. Yeah, he's okay with it because there's nothing, you know, you can't perform your act as a wife, but you are performing your act as a wife. So although you're divorced, you're still doing playing the role. I yeah, this. This one really makes me scratch my head. You know, you can't <laughs> leave him, but, you know, how do you engage in another relationship when you're still connected to, I mean, literally connected to your ex? That's a lot, you know, and that takes a major person to say, oh, it's okay. You know, um, I don't really know how to react on this one, honestly. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, Pastor Kay, I'll, I'll come to you. What about the children? What do you think uh, this shows the kids? You know, they clearly 
if they they have a bond, they call him Uncle Brandon, the ex-husband. They call him Uncle Brandon. They've got the, and they say they have this bond with him. The girls are four and five. The stepson is fourteen, and they're all on board. What do you think um, this does for the children? What do you think this shows the children or doesn't show the children? I don't know. Well, well, first of all, t- today's show, um, Brother Al should be Pastor Al, and I should just be Brother KL because um, <laughs> Brother Al's getting a little too deep today. You know, so because I, 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 I'm just going to tell you, you know, I, I'm just going to give it to you raw. That, that again, is selfish. You know, you say the children are on board. Did they have a choice? The children are five. They didn't have a choice. You know how many times in, 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 in my in, in my former life I've been Uncle KL? You know what I mean? I, 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 and not been their uncle? You know, it, it, it just is disheartening, you know, when Uncle KL disappears or we can no longer do this with Uncle KL. You know, the, these children that's on board because you made them on board, now what do you tell them about Uncle KL? Where is he now? It's, it's just selfish. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Well, Tamika, I'll ask you, because Brother Al has already answered, um, I'll ask you, you know, this is something that the family is actively doing. And, you know, what do you think, it says to the children. This, this, this is a total mess. You know, this is uh, goulash soup. I, it's just, you know, and, and I think it's a way of you getting your cake and eating it too. But you understand that now you got to, for, you know, when they're young, you don't really have to do a whole lot of explanation. But what happens when, you know, this child or any one of the children go to school and I have two dads and, you know, one mom and, you know, try to explain that to other children their age. You're going to have to do a whole lot of extra work. I guarantee you they didn't think about any of that. They're only thinking about, you know, their concerns, their needs for now. You know, not even considering the fact that, okay, I understand that this individual is brain damaged. What is he thinking? What's in his frame of mind? Well, it's funny you say that because the new husband said that he could be cussing him out. <laughs> he could be telling him exactly. off. But, of course, because he can't verbalize it, you know, he's like, okay, you know, because, like I said, they show a picture of him feeding, the new husband feeding the the ex-husband. And, you know, he's saying, you know, kind of like I wonder what he's thinking or, um, you know, this is something he could be saying, you know, and possibly he could not be liking this. But, you know, well, hey, he's kind of stuck with the family as much as Pastor KL said that the kids could be stuck with the scenario. I don't know. I don't know. I have a comment. I have a comment from one of the listeners. It says the new husband should be concerned that if something happens to him, there may, there may be a husband number three <laughs> taking care of him and husband number one. <laughs> wow! Oh my! Oh my! You know it, this this is this is deep. 
this is a, a, a seriously deep scenario. Um, you know, and I guess that's why one of the reasons why they have to go back and forth to court on a continual basis because the the courts want to see that he's being taken care of and that you have made this commitment and you're keeping to this commitment. She's taking care um care of him and she's now um his guardian. And I it's kinda weird because he, like I said, he does live in a facility but they say it's ten minutes from the house and she constantly brings him home regularly and the word home is kind of sticking out to me what do you think about that word home brother al that's home man (laughs) home is home is where you're supposed to feel safe you're supposed to feel comfortable and like i said I'm, i'm looking at it as a view of me saying Okay, I'm gonna roll with this. You know, not just saying, okay, I'm not gonna deal with it. I'm looking at, I'm saying, I'm fully in, and and once you go fully in, these are the things that you have to do, because there are gonna be complications, like what always been said. And like I said, when you hear the word home, that's like, okay, I'm home. I can relax. There's no worry. There's no, you know, no, you know, no, no problems like that. Like I, I can just chill out. I'm home. So when I hear the word home, that's what that's what I think. But in this situation, home is a little different. You know, I got to come chill out a little bit and let me help this man. Let me help help this situation, you know. And I'm wondering, is it is it that she's helping because she would have to pay alimony because she left? You know, because I'm just trying to figure, or just in her heart to say, hey, listen, I left. I don't want to leave him like this. Let me take, you know, help take care of him. That's, that's so what the scenario that's what she said the scenario was. When he got into the accident, they stayed married. She stayed married to him. And after a while, she said she realized that her life was pretty much limited. They were young, and she wanted a life, and she wanted children. And this is not something she could get with a disabled husband, especially a husband to this to this degree, a disability to this, to this degree. So she then divorced him, but at the same time made the commitment to be there for him. She would not, quote, unquote, abandon him. I mean, he's ill. They're not going to make you pay alimony on something like that because, you know, this right. is a severe circumstance, but... That was her concern. Her concern was, he. I'm I'm leaving this relationship, but it's not because I don't love him. It's because I want to pursue. So here's my question. Okay. Here's okay. my next question. What happens to, for better or for worse? Yes. So I'll ask you, Brother Al, since, I, since you're live, um, what what happens to that? They this was again the better, and here you got the worst. Wow, yeah, it's like that went out the better for sickness and for health. You know, you know, it, that went out the window. You know, it, it, you know, because she's like she said, hey, I'm young. This is hindering me. I need to get out there. But you know, hey, I still love you, and I'll take care of you. But I I got to move on. So that day, it's saying like that went out the window. 
Mm. Uh, Pastor KL, you know, is what, what would what would what does that mean to you? You know, for better or for worse, for sickness and in health, to death do us part. You know, these are the 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 vows and the commitment that's made during the wedding or during the marriage, and now when you have this come up. Now you're kind of out. Yeah, you know, when, when when you stand before the priest, the judge, the whoever, and they say for better, for worse, you never think worse. You know, because you're you're so at, at bliss and you're so elated that all you think is better. So this is better, and you know, right now we barely know each other and we're in love, so it's just going to get better. It's never going to get worse. Um, had this been me. Um, I would have stayed, me personally, I would have stayed in, in the marriage because um, I believe in better off or worse. I'm just not doing this threesome in the Gilligan Island family. But, I mean, I would have stayed for, for, for better off or worse, but um, had it been me. Um, so I don't think, again, you know, these people do stuff without thinking ahead, you know, that it can get worse. And, and worse doesn't just mean you might lose your job. You know, so you got you to think of all scenarios. So I, I, I would have stayed, but I, I definitely would not have done the menage a trois. <laughs> all righty. Well, my due time Thank crew. you, Brother KL. <laughs> yes, Pastor. <laughs> oh, my due time crew. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. I'll hold my thoughts until the closing, uh, my closing uh, remarks. Thank you so much, and we pray you have a blessed day. Enjoy your day, Brother Al, being a professional. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm online just ignoring what they're saying, but thank you very much. I will enjoy my day. You enjoy your day. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, have a nice day, gentlemen. You too. Thank you. All righty. Well, it's the top of the Monday morning, and uh, you know what time it is. It's time for the switch with Shantice. Let's say good morning to Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? What do you think of uh, this scenario here? Well, I think it just switched my whole switch tip for this morning. <laughs> I had something else. I said I had something else. And we're going to rely on the Holy Spirit to, uh, and actually, God switching is kind of <laughs> made a point of the initial switch tip that I was working on that I had in mind from, I think it was last week. But based on this story here, when you started speaking past the stuff, I was just like, oh, no. And I could definitely relate to this. But today I got the switch with Shanti where we make the switch from the streets to our guiding seat. And our switch tip 175 is display unconditional love. And I remember... A few Lord's Suppers ago, consecutively, I think it was two years in a row, the topic I was given was love. And I think 
unconditional love. I believe love was definitely the topic. And I remember the second year God gave it to me, I was like, okay, why do you keep talking to me about love? And then I had to laugh because God had started pointing out to me from years ago how conditional I was in life in general. I'm the most happy person to be around, the most fun person to be around until, until you say or do something that rubs me completely wrong, then you get a whole different version of Shanti. And I was so content with knowing that and feeling that because my whole thing was, listen, unless you bother me, we fine. And it wasn't until I gave my life that God was like, okay, that's not okay. Like, I, I hear you, but that's not okay. You have to be one way. Despite what's being said to you, despite what's being done to you, I need you to display these traits. I need you to always display this character. And I really didn't understand it, and I always felt justified whenever I, whenever I was ready to throw a chair or cut somebody out or cut people off because it wasn't until you did something that I did this. But we have to make sure that we are displaying unconditional love, especially in a scenario like Pastor Steph just um, read about within this story. I pulled up the definition of conditional love, and that's your love for another person or another person's love for you that is contingent on certain actions or things going on, which is what I just described about my former self. Unconditional love is despite the circumstances, regardless of what the circumstances are, there is love. And I was able to pull up Romans twelve ten, a in the Amplified Version, which reads, be devoted to one another with authentic brotherly affection as members of one family. Then I was able to pull up James four seventeen in the Amplified Version, which reads, so any person who knows what is right to do but does not do it, to him it is sin. So going back to the story that Pastor Steph just brought up and going back to the point that Pastor Kale just made, when we stand before our potential spouse and God and we say for better or for worse, rich or for, or for poor, we are making the, this commitment not only to the person that we're standing in front of, but to God, we're making that commitment to ourselves, we're making that commitment to the other person, and we know what we are supposed to do. When we choose now to do opposite, as James 14 just reminded us, we are now choosing to sin. And we have to be very, very, very careful that we don't make the choice to do what is wrong because everything is contingent on. So nowhere in the story did I hear, and maybe I missed it, but did I hear that this man was doing her wrong prior to his accident, she found out some things that wasn't right, and she planned on divorcing him anyway, and it just so happened he got into this accident, and now it was like, oh, well, this just made me walking away easier because I don't want to have to deal with this. Well, we never think about how people could deal with us in an unconditional, <laughs> I'm sorry, in a conditional manner because we seem to think, and this is something Pastor Steph always had to remind me, who said that you was the best person to deal with who said you were the easiest person to deal with? Who said that you had, that you were flawless, that you didn't have anything, that nothing was going on with you that would make somebody want to say, I don't want to deal with Shantice anymore. I don't know how many times somebody else had to go before the Lord and say, <laughs> you know, help me to deal with Shantice or 
Why do you keep having me deal with her? You know, it's it's so much easier to just think about the people you don't want to have to deal with anymore. Or you say, you know what, God, you're telling me to talk to them or do this with them or do this for them. And if they were to act like this, it would just make it so much easier. It's, it's so much easier to just point the finger and look at how other people annoy you. But you never think about yourself in that situation. And we never, we rarely, rarely, as believers or non-believers, we rarely consider how God could have trashed each and every one of us. Because none of us have arrived, none of us will ever arrive, none of, none of us will ever be like Jesus and be flawless. So at any point, God could have tossed us away and said, you know what, you're not doing what I need you to do. You came before me and said, even post-baptism, how many of us, I remember Pastor Steph had a guest on a couple of years ago, and he said, he's a pastor, he said it took him 30 years <laughs> to really get himself in God the way he needed to get himself in God. It still doesn't mean that he's flawless, but it took him 30 years. How many times within those 30 years did he make a vow to God? Or did he tell God, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to do that, and just turn his back on what he promised God, and God did not throw this man away? How do we know? Because he needs to tell the story. So we have to make sure that we are making a switch from being conditional from what we do for people, with people, the promises we make to God is not contingent on our circumstances and making sure we're switching from that to switching to the unconditional love that God has always displayed to us, that despite the circumstances, that we're not only keeping the promises to God and to others, but we're keeping the promise to ourselves so that we do not end up in a situation like the story we just heard because we do not know really how God is looking at her and it may sound nice and look nice to her. It's like, oh, wow, I'm able to, you know, have this person help this person. Is that what God really wanted? So we have to make sure we're making the switch from being conditional to being unconditional in God's eyes. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Shantice. Thank you. Oh, we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. All right, let me get this uh, (laughs) benediction. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans eight thirty-eight thirty-nine. 39. Now, I want to say I'm mad at Shantice because <laughs> I specifically said I held on to my thoughts until the closing, and she just tap danced all over my thoughts. Um, but I will say, well taught, well learned. Uh, definitely what God gave me for the closing. You know, I, I sat and I read this, and I was like, wow, wow. This is uh this is interesting. <laughs> this is an interesting scenario. You know, you you fell in love young in life. 
you, you know, try to remain committed to this relationship and you realize that, you know what, I don't have a life and I need to move on. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm honoring my love in a manner where I'm taking care, I'm making the commitment, I'm not going to stop taking care of him. And lo and behold, you meet someone who you see will help you take care of this individual, your ex-husband. You have a, a, a stepson who's willing to jump on board. And at 14 years old, you know, it, it's it's uh, something to think about because they they don't want to do what they're supposed to do, you know, the little things that they're supposed to do. So, you know, for him to take part in this care of this this man and you know I'm sure they've had to tell him who this this individual is uh that 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 says a lot um you have raised your children four and five to take care and love and bond with this man and I'm sure you know you are getting all kinds of accolades for what you're doing you know the 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 judge needed to be secure in leaving this man in your care in the care now of your new family um you know there's a lot of responsibility now that the court is taking because the court has to make sure that they you know do the right thing yeah and i'm sure all these people are clapping, you know, they're, they're, you know, bigging you up. And as I'm looking at this scenario, I'm saying to myself, okay, so you made a commitment for better or for worse. But when the worst got worse, worse than what you could imagine living in, you bailed. And see, when people do what she's doing now, unfortunately, it turns the light off of your initial movement, of your initial decision, off of your initial commitment. And we just got finished last night. I found the story after we got finished praying for... God to understand a better understanding of God's will. And you know, like I said last night, you know, we have different ways of of getting God of understanding God's will. There's his written will, you know, what he has in, in the written word of God. Those are from him. That's what he wants us to do. The 10 commandments is is it covers our entire life. Forget about, you know, oh, if I do this, no, that 10 commandments actually I mean broken down, there is nothing that we do that that 10 commandments does not cover. So in his written will, I mean his written word, he has given his will. There's his audible spoken will. You know, when he speaks to us, you know, he tells us what he wants. Then there's the Spirit of the Lord that also lets us know his will. 
and that's the leading, what you do and what you don't do and what it tells you to do and blah, blah, blah. There are several ways somebody could bring you a message. Some, you know, God uses people to give messages. There's your pastor. You know, I broke it down last night. And in all of that, you have a scenario like this. And I promise you, everybody is like, oh, she's beautiful. What she's doing is beautiful. She has her family, you know, and all of them. And nothing, nothing, nothing trumps let your yeas be yea and let your nays be nay. I can't imagine as beautiful as this gesture is, as beautiful as it is for you to, you know, come about that marriage, and as much as you may have fought with this decision, but you came back, and no matter what, you have made sure not only that he's taken care of, but he's in a good facility. It's only 10 minutes from your house. Y'all bring him, quote, unquote, home, which is why I asked, you know, the question, what is home, you know? Um, y'all bringing him home, beautiful. But what does God say? Huh? Say it with me. What did God say about your commitment at the altar? Does this supersede what you told God you were going to do in the beginning? Does he now wash away all of those Commitments that you made, all of the noble, you know, movements you made to stick it out. What does God say? And I think that's the way we need to look at our life. You know, we we constantly shift gear. And one of the things that we talked about last night was having a better understanding of God's will not just for your life, but for the circumstance, for someone else's life, for what you are involved in. It's not always your life that you have to be concerned about God's will. It's other people's lives. It's other situations that you may be involved in. It's a situation that you may have been placed in or God allowed you to be a part of so that he could use you to exact his will. But because you don't understand his will, because you're not standing still waiting to hear the will, but because you have other thoughts and other desires and other concerns, he can't get that done through you. He's going to get his, his, his will taken care of. It just may not be through you. So, was that God's will for you to step out and now become, because it specifically says she divorced him so that she could become the caretaker. And I kept looking at that and I was like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean you kind of swap positions? Because it's distinctly said that, that she ended up divorcing so that she could become the caretaker. And I'm like, oh, wow. That means that there's a responsibility level as you're the wife, and it shifts when you just become the caretaker. So already you're bowing out of the responsibility. So all of this family rallying, and you still bowed out of your responsibility. 
you made a conscious decision to do this. You made a conscious decision to say, I'm out. I need sex. I need children. I need to be held. I need to be loved in a certain way. I need, um, you know, to, to, to feel this. I need to live this out. I'm young. I deserve. And some people would say, well, what's wrong with that? Is that God's will? God knew clearly what you didn't know. He knew that when you got married that there would come a time where you would not be able to have that family dynamic fulfilled with this individual because he became ill. He knew that you would not have that husband-wife dynamic like other married couples because of this accident. And this is this was a perfect example of our prayer topic last night. What is God's will? Do we stand still long enough so that we understand his will? And understanding that his will, may, we may not always agree with it. We may not always be happy with the will. But are we standing still long enough to hear what the will is and to execute the will of God for our life, for another person's life, for a situation? Are we listening? I I have to tell you in talking to people and listening, listening, I can't tell you how much this world moves on emotion. You hear it in the news every day as we go through the news. Everything is about emotion. I want to be left in my jacked up emotion. I don't want nobody to talk to me about it. I don't want nobody to say anything. I don't want to hear how anyone feels. I just want to be left the way I feel, and it doesn't matter because God understands, because God uh, uh, sees that I'm feeling this way. God sees what I'm going through. God, God, God. But in actuality, this ain't got nothing to do with God. This is all about you and your feelings. This world operate strictly or I have seen so many people stay in the worst situations because of feelings I want to be left alone and this is why the world is just as trashy as it is and not only because of the sinful people but because of the people of God the people who say that they belong to the Lord this is this is the way the world functions and I, and I just really, I give God thanks. I really give God thanks as to where he's brought me. That's the only thing I can really start saying now. Because I, I just look and it's scary. It's scary to want to be left like this. That unless you're left in this miserable, crazy, depraved, deranged feeling, you ain't happy. And again, I told you from a long time ago, six months into this broadcast, God said to me, I'm not talking to the sinful people. I got you talking to the people who call themselves mine. And I I give God thanks for every topic he gives us to pray over. 
And when he gave a better understanding of God's will, I was like, wow. And when I finished the prayer and walked into this scenario, I I really just like, I was breathless. Because I said, you know what? God always gives us an opportunity to see it. Whether we realize it or not, whether we want to agree with it or not, whether we believe it or not, there is no way that God would not give us an out. Why? There's specifically two verses that come to my mind. One, there is no temptation that is uncommon to man, but that God would not give a way out. Two, God is not a God of confusion. Three, well, when you, Shantish just gave it, when you know what to do and you don't do it to him, it is sin. Also, the fourth and final one, he does not want anyone to perish, anyone. And being left in this crazy mode of thinking could possibly take us to hell. And the scariest part is if this woman does not make it right, we don't know what will happen with her. We don't know how God is going to judge this. We can't say she's going to be in hell. We can't say she's going to make it into the kingdom. We don't know. Because the Bible tells us that even the righteous shall scarcely make it in. That means that, man, we got to target everything. Stop saying God understands. Stop saying that, God, oh, God ain't through with me yet. Stop saying that. No, the time is now. Get it together now. If God gave you enough mind to think about the fact that he just may not be all that good with what you're doing, the way you're thinking and the way you're speaking, then you better believe that he just might be charging you. That's the reality of it. The time is now. If God has given you that thought, you better be climbing up out of there. And I mean quick, fast, and in a hurry because we don't know the last moment we have here. So make sure you stay before God for a better understanding of his will before it's too late. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give your life to Christ right now. Please do not miss this opportunity, even if you've given your life to Christ, but to strengthen that relationship with the Lord and get a better understanding of his will, because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares our life. Where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. Until then, I love you.
Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.